We have an officer basically around the neck area. These two retired Vegas cops now podcast hosts. They don't have ID, they can't get into a hotel room. To, to get them the help they need, especially if someone even gets arrested. A lot of people don't know how the justice system works. But I want someone to actually know them and, and know that it's... Hey everybody, this is David Kohlmeyer, The Problem Solver. Thanks so much for joining us every single Thursday. We are, I think my camera's a little bit off here. Am I wrong? I'm looking at the camera. What's wrong what with you your camera? Can't... If I'm looking at this camera, I feel like I'm off. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Nikki's going to figure this out today. I am David Kohlmeyer, The Problem Solver. We are here live every single Thursday at 6 p.m. While Nikki figures out Just what's going on today. Just look at all of them. Yeah. I look at all the cameras. Just say one thing to each one. Nikki is new to Sticky Paw Studio. <laughs> and she's going to figure this all out. As long as people can hear me. Can, can people hear me out there? Oh, oh, they can hear you, I'm sure. Okay. So, today, as usual, my beautiful Cambodian co-host. Me love you Jean-Ti. long time. Me love you long time, Jean-Ti. Me love you long time. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Uncle Marvin here today. Uncle Marvin, welcome. Uncle well, Marvin. thank you so much for having me. I was Yay. saying I was saying that uh, before the show that, uh, you know, the rumor is that when men have problems... They start a podcast, but women normally go for therapy. I would say I'm not sure what's cheaper to go for therapy or to okay. have a weekly podcast at Sticky Paws Studio. Depends on how much you're paying. That's true. Right? This could be an expensive, bad habit. No be. comment. No comment. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you have interest in, in the studio. She was like, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that he's like, be, come to the studio. Yeah. It's actually funny. That actually would be a good billboard. We always talk about marketing, but a billboard would be like, you know, forget therapy, start a podcast. There you go. Yeah, Sticky Pod Studio. That's yep. good. That's a good one. Look at that. And then we talked yeah. about her without discrimination right. with Jean T. She liked the concept of like, you know. Me find you home. Me find you home long time. Call Jean T at one eight three three Jean T. Perfect. Is that bad? Oh, I love it. Yeah, oh, that's great. great. You know, these days you can yeah. do something creative. Right. And then when the clients call me, they probably expect me to speak like that. You can talk that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm Hello. so good. How can I help Hello. you? Hello. You need home? You need home? Yeah, that's very good. I'm See, just going to mock It's not you. discriminatory if you're Asian and you're, you're speaking that way. Like, if I'm Jewish, I make a Jewish joke. Yeah. Like, if you're black and you say a black joke, like, it's okay. Right. Is it? Socially. Right. So are right? You, Is it acceptable? Are you Asian? Exactly. I'm not, but you, because I'm with you, oh. we're like, we're good. No, because it talk. sounded like you were making fun of me. No, no, actually. no. no. I, I was just talking about good marketing. <laughs> just kidding. It's, it's the same thing with if you see Chick fil A. Where there's the chicken, what do you call it? The cow yeah. crossing out the chicken or something like that, or you know, on the oh, billboard. Oh yes, yes, yes. I yes, mean, it's yes. like you can the see the chicken, yeah. chicken's yeah. ass. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, don't worry. I mean, but you know, like people that listen are very sensitive these days, right? Everyone is fucking have something up their ass. Like, oh my god, what'd you just say? Oh, what'd you laugh at? Hey, why are you laughing at that? You know. Well, the other day, okay. so Uncle Marvin. So we're gonna get to Uncle Marvin because I want to bring him to see <laughs> a lot of wisdom. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting that the day was we had someone on the show that it was called the cupcake. I was about to say the cocktail girls, but it's the <laughs> cupcake girls. And they would go the into, girls. she thought it was a joke, but it, it is actually a nonprofit where they go into the brothels or into a strip club mm-hmm. and they will, um, try to engage with people to get them out of like sex trafficking. So what happens if they is were in that situation, but they literally bring cupcakes to the location as like kind of a. Peace um, offering or like a cupcakes that's rapport. all it takes i supposedly that's what they do but it's yeah. women it's women that go in and say hey we have cupcakes and we're with the cupcake girls and yeah it, i guess it's like an icebreaker yeah you know to go inside okay. it seems a little weird person i asked the woman that was here but during the conversation i was joking around with john t which we always joke around back and forth where i said that you know we started talking about uh, prisons or something and I said, oh, Jean-T, you should you could find a good guy over mm. it in Sing Sing, um, Sing, Sing, Sing Sing Prison yes. up in, I think it's uh, Beacon, New York. So one of the jokes was, she says, oh, yeah. I love I mean, prisons and prisoners. She said she yeah. loves prison yeah. and prisoners. Yeah. But, but I was joke. joking. She was joking, but I was, it was my fault. I was playing with her saying she can go find right. a good guy you right. know, in prison. So someone was listening, uh, a friend of mine, you know, acquaintance, and she's like, oh, it's so messed up. She was rolling her eyes yeah. and it's that, you know. So I'm glad people are listening, you know, but... Um, but here's the problem. I think people take things out of context without watching the whole thing because you only see the little clips. 
right? Right. This 10 second or whatever clip. So, and people judge you by that. And I'm, you know, so these people are so dumb, you know, it's like, watch the whole thing first before you make a comment or you, if you're going to judge people. You, you know, know, it's funny you mentioned Sing Sing. Well, you, you, David, of course, knows what L'chaim means, mm-hmm. right? To life. To, to life, right? Mm-hmm. I have an uncle doing L'chaim in Sing Sing. Really? Oh. What, oh, what does that mean? Is he single for a gentil or? <laughs> to life. How old is he? How old? L'chaim. Don't you get it there? No, what's L'chaim? L'chaim, L'chaim means, I mean, like doing life. <laughs> oh, doing yeah. life. Oh, that's L'chaim. perfect for me. <laughs> is it really? No, you're joking. No, I'm oh. kidding. That's a good one. Oh. We're trying to find. Yeah, hook I, me up. Hook me up. I want to find like a pen pal, you know, for Janti, someone in prison. That's a really I have guy. plenty <laughs> of pen pals. Do you, get, do you get letters? I have a lot of letters from prison. Yeah. And where do they go? Uh, they actually mail it to my office because they're able to look it up, I suppose. So I was on a reality show, and I think they're able to look me up based on the reality show. What's your draw to prisoners? I don't have one. He just, I just he's m- fucking I just around. Making, I'm just messing around with her. Yeah, oh, it's all a big joke. Because I have a whole list of people would love to get a hold of you if that's the case. Oh, yeah, no, I know. In prison or out of prison? Both. In and out, right? She's a beautiful woman. She can Absolutely. be a hundred right? In and yeah. out. In and out. Yeah, repeat, everywhere. Repeat if necessary. <laughs> she, 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 I, one of the things is that she's very, very picky. And, yeah. and she says that she's not picky. Supposed to be. Yeah. She's supposed well, to you be. tell me. I mean, you're the wise um, Uncle Marvin. Yeah. And I wanted to bring you on because you had a lot of wisdom. You've been around the block. Okay. Just a, a few f- times. A few years more than John T. Yeah. yeah. Just a couple. She uses a lot of moisturizer, so she looks a lot younger than that's she okay. is. Yes. So whatever it takes. So mm-hmm. that's what I want to bring you on. So what do you, what do you, you know, what's your take on her, like, list of... Uh, what is your guidance for me as far as dating? I think that's where he's trying to get She's dated, like, it. over probably over 150 guys. <laughs> Whatever, dude. We're not asking you a personal question like yes. how old you are. Yes. How old are you? Almost in my 60s. How old are you? Almost 60. She's not. She just says it's everybody. Almost 60. My shoes are older than you. Yeah, but you, yeah, you, yeah, you look good, though. <laughs> Thank that's good. Thanks yeah. so much. You got us in shoes. Good thing your shoes look <laughs> older than me. <laughs> she always says that she's, like, 60. She's, yeah. like, she's like, 48. Okay, 48. Okay. I'm 47. Almost 60. Are you never been married? Not yet. Never? Never. I was engaged several times. What ho- what's holding you back? I don't know. Maybe I'm afraid of commitment. Hmm. I don't you know, know. You know the problem with it is? It, God hasn't brought the perfect guy for me yet. There is no perfect guy. For me, there is there a perfect guy. There is no guy. perfect guy. Yeah, there's a perfect guy for me. Everyone has a perfect person for them. There's never yeah. a perfect guy. There's, there's not never a, per- a perfect woman. No, there's no. What I'm saying is, every there's not a perfect person in the world, but there's someone that is perfect for that person. That uh, that I agree yes, with. Yes, because I married my best friend. Yes. We've been together for. I've been married like almost sixty years. Yeah. If I add them all up. Oh, <laughs> how many? Three. Ah, okay. Well, good okay. for you. But my last yeah. one, this one here. Yes. I married my best friend, oh. my lover. I'm. We're totally in love with each other. That's amazing. We spend twenty-four seven every single day. Yeah, only been married for three months. <laughs> and that was from last night. <laughs> oh yay! No, it's perfect. How long have you been married now? Uh, well, we've been together since two thousand and two. Oh, that's a long time. A long time. Yeah. Well, yeah. wonderful. Well, yeah. I know. Maybe, you know, people are different. I think some people fall in love easier. Well, it took me three times to find it. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you fell in love the other times, too, so you're get willing to give it a shot. I fell in lust, I think. Oh, I don't sure. think I fell in love. love. Yes. Yeah. But enough lust. to marry them, so that's that means uh, something. Because I was younger, you know. I got married when I was 21 years old mm. the first time, you know. I see. So let's go through that. 21, first marriage. Right. And where, originally, you were originally from? New York. New York. And yeah. where did you, where were you born? New York? Krakow, Poland. In Poland, mm. that's where you were born. Yeah, I'm a Holocaust survivor. No okay. way. Born in 44. Oh, you were young then. Krakow, Poland, uh, just before the end of the war. We got caught. Nazis put us on a train at cattle cars on the way to... Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yeah, which oh. was a work camp. Oh, yeah. Auschwitz was a work camp. Um, we pulled in. This is the story my parents were telling me when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, we pulled into Auschwitz, and um, as we pulled in, they didn't have room for us because it was so overcrowded. So that, but 
Auschwitz, like I said, is a work camp. Then they put us back on a train going to Treblinka. Mm. Treblinka was a death camp. That's mm. where the ovens were. So we were on our way to Treblinka. And luckily, at that time, the Russians were moving west through Poland, into Poland, into Germany. Uh, and they bombed the tracks. And my parents and I escaped. Wow. Yeah, we did. How old were you? <coughs> I was almost a year old. Oh, okay. So you're a yeah, baby. Yes. Yeah, I was a baby. Oh, my God. Yeah. Devastating. Devastating. What, what yeah. a story. It was, it was a tough upbringing mm -hmm. from then to... What did you guys escape to? Well, we w made it by foot, mm -hmm. crossing borders, and the safest way to go was into Russia because everybody was going the other way. Um, and we were crossing borders and trying to escape from the Nazis. And, yeah, we went through Siberia and into Moscow. And oh, wow. But you were, you were one, right? One. I was one year yeah. old. So these yeah. are the stories that you remember? I mean, the the, I have some memories of it, but mostly from my parents, stories from yeah. my parents. Wow. Yeah. Could you imagine going back in time and, like, having a camera follow your family oh, through God, what you went yeah. through? Yeah, that's like incredible. Because yeah. my family as well, my, my one side, much of you know, um, it was German Jewish, where right when Hitler was coming into play into Germany, they just they left through a boat Ellis Island and they went to New mm -hmm. York City. Mm -hmm. The other side's Hungarian and Czechoslovakian, which would do the same thing where um, Hitler was coming and my grandmother had to make believe that she was Catholic and my grandfather right. made a lot of fake passports right. and paperwork to say they were Catholic right. mm -hmm. just to escape. And I think that my my um my grandmother um she got caught once or twice and. My grandfather got around. You know, I feel bad because my mother has the stories. I need to really write it mm -hmm. out, you know, or audio. And yeah, you but I definitely lost a lot of family, you know, family members from the one sure, side. Of course. And um, which I always say, it's interesting and, and something to learn from is that so Jewish people that are from Eastern European uh, descent are called Ashkenazi Jews, mm -hmm. and then there's Jews that are South, which is Sephardic, which is the South, like Iran, Iraq, all their Italy, France, all those other countries, yeah. but. Hitler never made it that far south. He didn't make it to right. like Iran, Iraq, where there were other Jews. So like from my, my wife's side, that's Persian, they have tons of cousins. Mm. Correct. Six cousins, you know, six cousins, you know, seven cousins, you know, in. And um, from my side, I don't really have that. Maybe you have, you know, first cousin. That's what I mean, like second cousins, third cousins, fourth right. cousins. But we only have, we have a first cousin. So because they died in, in, in the Holocaust, we would have a lot more family. Mm. Then we also probably wouldn't be in America, right, if things were okay right. in Europe, right? Right. So it is interesting how, you know, people have a lot more family if if the Nazis weren't no, around. No question. You know, sure. um, so definitely a crazy time. Well, we lost six million Jews. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. That's not a couple of people. It's a lot it's a of lot. people. So where did you, your family came through well, we, Russia, then where? Well, we ended up in West Germany uh, in a DP camp, which is a refugee camp. There were two American DP camps and one Russian DP camp. Luckily, we made it to the American DP camp, refugee camp, and we spent three years there behind barbed wire again. Mm. And uh, the quota for um, to leave for America was closed, so we ended up in Canada. Oh. Okay. We had to go to Canada. So I lived, we lived in Canada for about 10 years. Cool. And we came to America on my birthday in 1956. Mm, oh yeah, I was just born. 56. <laughs> 57. Yeah. So it was. It's been a hell of a life. Wow. You know what people don't realize is that you know just about every single generation has seen warfare. Yeah. Every single one, and it might not happen in this country or that particular country, but it's happening somewhere else in that lifetime. Sure. And the people here are so spoiled because nothing has Absolutely. happened in America for, what, three, 200 years? Yeah. Yeah, yeah at least, two, yeah. So, so people don't, they don't, they, they don't understand when someone speaks about war. Right, well, the, the American, the American uh, population doesn't comprehend real poverty. Mm-hmm. Real poverty is when you come over and you have absolutely nothing except the clothes you're wearing, was like we did. They gave us, we went to the Jewish Federation when we hit uh, Halifax, Canada, and 
the Jewish Federation gave my father a hundred dollars to start his life. Mm-hmm. I've been to that. Um, it's like a Jewish museum in Halifax. The yeah, it is. absolutely. I've been there. Yeah, that was a cruise boat we took. A, yeah, it's like up a little bit in the in the hill yeah. down there. Yeah, like they they don't appreciate the real struggle. No, like they don't. Is that what is that what you is that what you were in Canada by Halifax? No, they sent us to Toronto. Okay. So my upbringing, my young. How far is that? It's more north. Uh, uh, Halifax. I mean, Toronto is more southwest. Southwest. Southwest of. Uh, uh, okay. Halifax. <coughs> so the Canada. Jewish Federation helped. helped they my, gave money. They gave him a hundred dollars to start his life. We ended up uh, in Toronto. Mm-hmm. My father got. My father was a tailor by trade, so he he had like two or three jobs and worked twenty hours a day and. That's where I got my worth at, at okay. ethics, you know, and uh, uh, he worked his uh, ass off. Mm-hmm. When you say tailor, meaning like for clothes or for different things? Clothing. Clothing, Clothing. 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 yeah. And that's your father? My father. Was a tailor? A tailor. Okay. My grandfather was a tailor in New York City. Right. You he had learned a, that too. He learned that trade because my the original family were farmers in, in Boland. Mm-hmm. We had huge, big farms and mm-hmm. cattle and everything mm-hmm. else, but the Germans confiscated everything. Yeah, same thing. Suppose we had so land too. So when we were in the DP camp, they taught my father a trade to be a tailor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he learned how to be a tailor, and uh, he was a good tailor, yeah. and uh, ended up being a cutter. Uh, material cutter, mm-hmm. which is like the epitome of tailorship. Mm-hmm. That's just, and it's got its own special union. Mm-hmm. And he was like on top of his game, and uh, he just worked. And within five or six years, we had our own home in Canada, in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And in 1956, uh, we put our quota in to come to New York. And uh, the quota, because at that time you had a quota system. You had a, your number came up, you had a choice of either moving or not. Oh. Okay. So How old were you right before you left to go to New York? 12 years old. 12 years old. Matter of fact, we came to New York on my birthday, on my 12th birthday. Really? Oh. Do you, what do you remember being in Toronto? Like, was it so bad to be in Canada? Like, what made America so much better? Uh, than I, my Canada? best memories were being, was being brought up in Toronto. Toronto? But it was a small town, you got to understand. At that time, Toronto was 250, 300,000 population. Mm. Today, it's 8 million. Mm, wow. You know, mm. so it's a huge city. Like It's like New York. But when I grew up there, it was like a small little community. I mean, the only thing I've just, is just freezing cold, right? Canada. Well, it's like New York. It's like Chicago. It's like, you know, mm. it's like Ontario, yeah. snow, snow. Lake, lake effect snow. and mm-hmm. I always find it interesting when you travel different places, like you've been to Halifax, Toronto, like you say to yourself, could you live here, right? Mm-hmm. Like why we live in Vegas, right? And yeah. we're living in New York City. Like, what you know, unless if you have family, yeah. that's where family is. But right. it's just so interesting, right? Everyone lives in so many different places, different countries, and it's just normal to them. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. <coughs> pondering the difference of life or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like, actually want to do like an Airbnb. When we do an Airbnb and you stay somewhere for like a few days, mm-hmm. like this is how it would be if I lived here. If I owned this home, like this would be my life. I would walk outside. Like I've stayed in a place by Malibu, yeah, which was a nice place. And um, I, that's why I like the Airbnb. You kind of get like a few day experience of what it's like to live like in a house, right? You know, in, in a different location, or if you had to go to the supermarket right. or somewhere. Yeah. I just find this kind of an interesting experience, which I enjoy the Airbnb. You know that they have this swap system with houses, houses, right? Yeah, with in different countries and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've never really looked at that. I know there's some website, right? Did mm, it, have yeah. you ever done that? No, no, I was thinking about it, though. I think it's a really cool thing. But would you get nervous if someone else is in your house? Or you do background checks and stuff, right? Yeah, well, I'm sure you'll remove all the stuff that's really important, you know, and just have instructions and stuff for them. Yeah, it's not like you're going to leave your gems and jewels and guns out. So you came to New York, New York when you were 13? 12. 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Did you have a bar mitzvah when you were 13 in New York? I was on Pitkin Avenue in Brooklyn. Oh, is that where you did it? Yeah. So, was, you, so you knew I was a cop in Brooklyn, right? Yes, I did. So I did walk. You know, my, you walked Pitkin. I walked Pitkin Avenue. And, Remember uh, the Pitkin Paradise Theater? The theater, right? Right across the street was called the Paradise Caterers. Really? Right across the street from Pitkin Theater. So basically, where I when I was a cop in New York City, so when I was twenty-two, yeah. it was in Brooklyn. I didn't ask to go there, but it's called Brownsville, East New York. Brownsville is yeah. a seven-three precinct, right. and then. It used to be like old Jewish or Italian back in the day. Right. Mm. It's interesting because like 95% of the people are black there mm. today. And what's interesting, I used to walk a footpost when you're brand new. You just walk around the streets and a lot of the fencing 
would have the Jewish stars and oh. Jewish things there. Right. And it was just very interesting to see that. But it was a big Jewish area. There was even Jewish mafia that was there back in the day. Huge. Mm. So I know the theater that you're talking about was actually a United Artists Theater later on. Right. And um, right, I, right. I went in once as a cop where it was basically abandoned. And some some someone like homeless was inside the place. So we went in with flashlights, whatever, you know. But I think it's totally gone now. But I did go in there when it was. Um, mm-hmm. So what year would you say that was? When 57. You were there? So 1957, you were he there. He wasn't even born yet. I was born in 76. Yeah. yeah. 57. 57. So you were a young kid when you were in that theater. Yeah. Okay, 56. Yeah, Ebbsfield wasn't, wasn't too okay. far away. Mm-hmm. So I probably was there. I was a cop in 98. So 1999, I was there. So it was 40, abandoned already when you were there. That's 40 years later. 40, yeah. 50, 60, 70, 50. You said 46? 50, 40 years later. Were you saying that when he you were in that theater, you were about 56? 56. 56. Well, yeah. I came in 56. I got bar mitzvah in 57. Okay, 57. Yeah. 67, 78, 97. It's like it was 60 years. So when you went in there, it was abandoned. Already. I went in there, it was abandoned. Yeah, okay. You were in that movie theater, you watched movies. Movies. Were they black yeah. and white? No, color. Color. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was I mean you don't remember it was United Artists. I mean it could have been different names. No, it was the Paradise Theater. Paradise Theater. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to repeat yourself several times with yeah. Dave, you know. It was a Pitkin, Pitkin Avenue ADD. Paradise. He's got theater. like dementia or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs> something, dude. <laughs> so well it's funny you say He's that. He's got a better memory than a you. lot of time you know I laugh about it. A lot of times a lot, a lot going on in the podcast. And she's listening because she doesn't have to think about all the questions or what I'm right. trying to do, whatever. Right. And sometimes someone will say something and she'll repeat it to me because <laughs> I'm thinking about like, the next question or how do I yeah, do it. Right, right, right. No, some, but he'll re-ask the question. I'm like, there, and, there, because there, I'm not there, talking, the and, then, and then sometimes I'm, like, I'm looking at the text message because someone, someone you know, is listening and they, they message right. like, so I, I got a message just now from uh-huh. uh, Black Ice. Sure. Black, you know Black Ice? Yeah, of course. Black Ice was listening he, when we talked about you finding a guy. Oh, what he you said, say? God will bring her the perfect guy for her. I know. She will meet him soon. His name is Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I, so. I meet him every night, honey. <laughs> so, yeah. that, so I'm always yeah. looking at text messages just to see or yes. messenger if someone wants to leave a you know comical message that we can laugh about. So um, Brooklyn. So I walked a... It's kind of an interesting story. I told the story recently, but... When I became a cop in New York City, it's called Gun and Badge Day. You get your gun, you get your badge, mm-hmm. and then everyone gets split up into different rooms. It's on 22nd Avenue, which was the NYPD precinct, and you go to a map, and they tell you what precinct, and I, I'm i 22 years old, right? So you go in the cafeteria, and there's a big map, and it shows 7375, these different precincts. So I go to the 73, and I just see Brownsville, Brooklyn. I'm like, oh my God, like, I have no clue where I'm going. They send everybody into different rooms. So... If you were part of the 7-3 precinct, the 7-5, it was one room, or the 8-1, in another room. So we all got separated. So we go in the room, and I always say the same story, that you always think that the officer that's going to show up to be the officer that comes from that command would represent maybe the community. So if it was like, you know, if it was Chinatown, right, you think you're going to have like a Chinese officer come mm-hmm. speak and talk a little bit about, like, hey, congratulations, you got signed to, you know, the 12th precinct, and, you know, it's a large Chinese community. So the guy that walks in from the 7-3, was this tall, white guy, blonde hair, blue eyes, mm. looked like a Nazi soldier, this guy, I remember. Mm. But it was a, really a black community, you know? And, and all the guy was saying is, hey, do you guys get your second... I forgot, it's been a long time, but do you guys get your second gun? When you get it, you definitely need a second gun, you know, in Brownsville, you know? And when you guys get your vest, they're like, oh my God, like, this guy's talking You're about second guns and vests and so <laughs> on. Freaking I'm like, you I'm out. Going, I'm about to go to war, you know? Like, and, <laughs> you know, I'm 22 years old. I'd never been to Brooklyn. There was no iPhone, really, right, to know where you are. It'd be like the map books, right, of where right. you were. I have no, I was clueless. Right. But I remember going home, like, I don't know where I'm being sent, but this is crazy. This guy's talking about second guns. I just got my first gun, you know? Were they and just joking? No, they were dead oh, serious, you know? Okay. And then probably about a week later, we wanted to go down there to see where we got assigned. And I remember, you know, off-duty, we wore our, our vest, the bulletproof vest, and we had our guns with us, and we drove down to see, like, where we were going to be, you know, assigned. It was Pickett Avenue. And there was, we had a scanner, you know, we, they call it a buff, like, right. you know, like you're basically like excited about the job. And I remember listening, they were saying a petty larceny, someone stole something. Mm-hmm. We went to the location, we watched the cops inside, you know. But it's kind of a funny story because, you know, that we were wearing a bulletproof vest on our off day uh. with our guns just to go drive the area to see where we were being assigned. Oh, uh-huh. interesting. So, but it was Pickett Avenue. So I walked Pickett Avenue numerous times. But one thing that's interesting as a cop, I always felt bad because if you walked into like a grocery store, 
and other people saw you, you know, inside there, a lot of people wouldn't want to go into the actual store that you're in mm. because they were afraid that you were a cop inside. They didn't like cops. Oh. So I kind of felt bad for the businesses if I would hang out a little bit, right? Just oh, kind of no bullshitting with the with the market person or whatever. Right. People wouldn't want to want to come in the store. Or, uh, you know, so I see. But picking up is interesting. There? How long were I was you there in for three years in uh, for in Brooklyn. In New York. Oh, that's in it. Brooklyn, okay. Brooklyn, uh, person okay. there. Our first apartment was in 1957. Was on Chester Street, New Lots, and Rockaway Boulevard. Mm. Yep. You remember? My first foot post, you know, look, I, you go to a corner was Rockaway and Livonia. Yeah. And New Lots and Stone, which was very bad. Yeah. No lots of stone, forget it. It was yeah. a horrible area. Yeah, horrible. There was like a, a gated Well, we lived there. You lived there? Yeah, Chester. So you were Chester and what stone? Uh, Chester and Chester New Lots? Chester and New Lots. Okay. Yeah, right there. It's interesting, yeah. It, you know, I always, it's crazy, but if you could go back in time mm -hmm. just to see like that area, how it's, it was. Forget about it. I was just there last year. Oh, is it still the same? Oh, no. Oh, my God. You can't. I got in and got out. Oh, real it's still bad? Oh, my God. It's oh, terrible. that's not good. It's I terrible. thought they cleaned so, it up. I thought most of New York was that, cleaned up. That area is still kind of... Oh, it's terrible. Oh, okay. Well, terrible. I lived in the city. I lived in uh, 61st and Park. Oh, you were. You had yeah. money. She was an upper scale, you know, escort. You had money. Yeah, upper scale escort. Yeah. So I lived in the finest places. I went to school on 20... I went <laughs> Don't to roll your eyes. People are going to see you rolling their eyes. They're going to complain. <laughs> I went to school on 27th Street. Oh, really? Oh, 27th? You were down. FIT. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Okay. Fashion Institute. Uh, no way. You like 27th and 2nd? 22nd and, and uh, no, 27th that's, that's, and 7th. Okay. Between 7th and 8th. I tell you what, those uh, New York blocks are long too. Long, not as yeah. long as Vegas blocks, but they're, they're yeah, pretty Yeah, I graduated from FIT. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. So, so you live, did you ever live in Manhattan or were you always in Brooklyn? No, I always in Brooklyn and the Bronx. Mm. Bronx. So you actually traveled to college? went back home from the bronx i used to travel all the way down to 27th street yeah from the bronx from the bronx okay wow. hey i heard the buildings now or the the islands are starting to sink from all the buildings that they're building from the skyscrapers and the high rises uh, it's always been sinking. Wait, Manhattan? yeah oh no all that yeah all the all of the islands it's been sinking in new york it's been sinking for 200 years well it's starting to really be noticeable now apparently it's going to be like we, venice italy so let me tell you what this mayor is going to sink quicker uh -oh. No, it's crazy what's going on there in general. Oh, it's terrible. Mm -hmm. All right, so you went to school, Brooklyn, Bronx. You went to school in Manhattan, traveled back and forth. Mm -hmm. what, and you went to school for what? For fashion? Fashion. Yeah, fashion. I, I graduated. With a, yeah. yeah, he yeah, said yeah. fashion. So like, I what did you do fashion? I'm, I'm saying like a surprise. Like I'm saying fashion. <laughs> merchandising degree. Merchandising, okay. Yeah. She's big into merchandising. Yes, yeah. yes, that's me. Yeah. He's always merchandising. I'm something. always merchandising <laughs> yeah. parts of a, my body. I was a buyer. <laughs> I was a buyer for Maze Department Store. Oh, Maze, you know Maze Department Store. Maze. Maze. No, I never shopped at Maze. Uh, maybe it's before your time. Probably. Barney's. I was at Barney's a lot. Oh, Barney's. Yeah. Barney's right. Boys Town. No, Maze is like a. It was a. It was department like a, store. Department store. Like mm -hmm. Sears, but yeah. before Sears or. Yeah. Um, well, there was a Macy. That's a different one, right? Okay. That was upscaled. Oh, that's that was upscaled. <laughs> what was it? Macy's, Bloomingdale's. Yeah, Maze was before all that, right? There was a Woolworth. Oh, Woolworth. Woolworth wasn't really. Was Woolworth like, was no, it was a five and ten cent store. Yeah, it was yeah. like smaller, cheaper. Yeah, items, with, right? a, with a dinette. Yeah, I remember <laughs> when yeah. my grandparents going lunch in, counter in uh, up, up, we call it uh, Manhattan uptown. Yeah. yeah. And um, I remember going with them to the. Was it five five and dime? Was that what it was? Five, five and, and ten cents. Yeah. And then there was like the um, diner, you know. That's a of, song. Right. That's it's from a, a song. You five and dime. I don't remember it. I, if I did, I would sing it right now. Maybe our engineer yeah. could find the song. <laughs> five was it? Five and dime. You want to sing a song? Yeah. What song is it? Who sings that song? What's his face? The white guy. <laughs> I don't know. Like, let, let, let me let me is that discriminatory. <laughs> <laughs> is that discriminatory white guy? The white dude think. from like East Coast. So you can't say that because you're Asian. You can't say white guy. It's discriminatory. Why not? You make fun of me. I didn't make fun yeah, of you. Yeah, like, love you a long time. No, you always say that. <laughs> so, um, it's, we, we find you home long time. Me find We yeah. find you home long time. Me find you home okay, long so, time. Okay, so, fashion, merchandising, worked at Maze. How many years did you work at Maze? Uh, about a year and a half, and I went into my own business. Three things okay. that you learned at Maze, your experience back in the day. How old were you then? Uh, I was 19, 20. Mm. That you worked 20, in 1920? 20, 19. 19 years old, 20 years old. Somewhere. 20, okay, 19. Three things, this is what we're looking for wisdom. Three things that you learned from your experience working at Mies for, you said about a year, year and a half? Yeah, I didn't like working for somebody. Mm. Okay, that's one. 
I didn't like taking orders. <laughs> too. It's kind of the same. And I was getting paid very little. I think most people that work for someone else. Yeah. <laughs> so I decided instead of signing the back of a check, I was going to start signing the front of a check. Yay. Got it. I went into my own business. My father backed me up in a liquor store in the Bronx. Ooh. How, t- how was rough was that? Terrible. Oh, my God. My wife, my wife. My um my brother's wife's family had a liquor store too in the Bronx. What's the main road there? Concourse? The Grand Concourse. Grand Concourse yeah. over there too. Yeah, I live by the Concourse and the Treewan Avenue. Was it <laughs> profitable at all? It was. Uh, it was profitable, but uh, you took your life in your own hands. I yeah. got held up maybe six times with guns <gasps> at my head. Oh my God. My father in 1973 was shot and killed in that store. Oh. In, in Holdoff. Really? Yeah. Wait, your father was killed in the liquor store? In a holdup, yeah. In a holdup. Oh I'm actually texting God. them right now to find out what the address the liquor store was. Oh, my God. Um, that my, my sister-in-law, basically, the family had. How old were you? I when was that turning 20s. 29. Were you working with him then? Were you there? I was in the store. In no, the store no, 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 no. I had just told my father that I wanted... I, I, I worked that store for seven years. We opened that store like in... I don't know, 1967, 66. And I worked that store for seven years, six days a week from 8 a.m. till midnight every single day. Mm. Not seven day. days a week? Seven, six days a week. Six days a week? Mm-hmm. You, blue law, you couldn't be open Sunday. Okay. Um, and for, after seven years, I had burnout, and I wanted to leave. Okay. And uh, I decided I wanted to get out of New York, so I was on my way to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And my father took over the store while he was going to sell it. And during that interim, I left in July of 73. He was shot and killed in August. Oh, Two months later. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and you sold it afterwards? Yeah, we sold it afterwards. So sad. Hmm. Did they catch the guy? No. They, mm. You know. Back they, then was a... Yeah, <coughs> and he didn't have any weapons... What's himself. funny about it is I worked the four eight as an auxiliary. Oh, cop. really? In the Bronx? Yeah, yeah, I worked the four eight, and we were in the four. The liquor store was in the four eight. Mm. What's the four eight? It's the, the precinct. Forty eighth precinct. Oh, okay. Oh my god. So I also was a cop. Oh, were you? How long did you do auxiliary for? Oh wow. About uh, five years. Yeah, five years. They put me in traffic mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, that's a long time too. Yeah. Did you ever look into, like, did you ever, like, try to find about the, the guy that killed your dad? Or there was, was so much. This was right after Martin Luther King got killed. Oh. There was so much crime in the Bronx, in the South Bronx. Mm-hmm. There were so many murders. There were so many killings. Mm-hmm. So much crime. It, the cops couldn't keep up with it. That's they a sad story. They mm-hmm. couldn't keep up with it. You, I'm sorry. You said again, just to recap. Twenty nine. You were you 29. were twenty nine. Yeah. And how old was your dad? My father was fifty six. Hmm. Yeah. Did after you feel unsafe li- after living after living through the Holocaust, Holocaust yeah. and the poorness and mm-hmm. growing up and and him making something he couldn't couldn't read, write, or, or speak English, mm-hmm. but he spoke seven other languages, mm-hmm. just couldn't speak English. And um, yeah, he was uh, he, he was a brilliant businessman. He taught me everything. Did he taught me everything? And your mom must have been devastated. You remember that day? I was in Chicago. And I got the call that my father had been shot. So I, got, I jumped on the plane and went to New York. And uh, did they say he passed away right away? I'm no, he was in a coma for two weeks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I hate those. Stories. So he made it home. Go to the hospital. Yeah, he was. Incoherent. Mm-hmm. You know, he was on life support. And eventually, you know, the, the uh, neurologist came in and said, he doesn't feel anything. There's no nerves left. Mm-hmm. Brain is gone. Mm-hmm. So what they say is, you, you know, you have to pull the plug. Yeah. You know, it's crazy in our society. I know you've been through a lot as well, but, you know, I'm very fortunate. Like my dad, my mom, right? They're alive. And my mm-hmm. grandmother just passed. She was 96, 97. But um, the truth is, you know, we I think we take life, you know, a lot of people take life for, know, granted. for granted. Mm-hmm. For granted. And, we, and the truth is we're very fortunate just to be alive and breathing, wake sure. up every day. And everyone has different problems. There's, you know, no, no perfect day. But, you know, it's a lot. So that, that is a sad story. So mm-hmm. after that happened, 
You you were in Chicago? I'm sorry, I missed that part of you said. Chicago for what? I was in Chicago. I just wanted to clean. My wife and I, my first wife and I at the time, thought that we were having some marital problems. We thought maybe we'd get the hell out of New York and start a whole new life mm -hmm. and maybe we can rekindle our relationship uh, mm. wrong it doesn't work no no <laughs> no so changing a, place won't work doesn't work yeah. no it's internal yeah mm -hmm. yeah so uh, we got divorced and uh, i went into my own business again and uh, i was doing a whole bunch of i've been to so many di different businesses it's ridiculous all right so tell us a bunch of um run through some of the business that you're involved in i had a five-store optical chain Glasses? Glasses. I went partners with an optometrist. We opened five stores in the Chicagoland area. I had a check cashing business. I had a jewelry, huge jewelry, fine jewelry business. I've been a jeweler for the last 40 some odd years. You know, diamonds and stuff like that. Are you that. still a jeweler now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yay. I love jewelers. Yeah, I carry my loop all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Do you have anything that you want him to loop? loop I don't even know what loop is, but Show okay. him the loop. What's, a, the What's loop? a loop? Loop is the eye. Oh, the eye. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I'm... You I always know. carry just in case, like, you know, someone wants to look somebody, at something. Yeah, somebody wants to sell something, I'm a you buyer. You you? Take a look at this. I don't, don't want to sell anything, but, you know... Take a look at this stuff. Tell me what it's worth. These are all fake, you know. This oh, you should have told them. Here, this is a four-carat diamond. Oh, I like that. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I made the watch. Oh, really? But like by yourself, like on yeah, your own. I did all the bling bling. On oh wow! Look all diamonds are on nice. the rolly. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. I, Can I, you tell I, me if it's real or fake? Her stuff. Let's see. All fake. You can tell right now. Yeah. How do you know it's fake? Color, brilliance. Her face or the jewelry? Both. <laughs> Both. These She's are, real. These, these are not fake. Let me see. No, these, these are, are not are, fake? No, these aren't fake. This is from are my... Are you sure? Ex this looks a little cloudy. Whatever, dude. I, I have all the papers. No, I want to I wanna see. Is that a Salon Sapphire? Yeah, this one's a... Yeah. Salon Sapphire? I don't know if it's Salon. I have the paperwork for it. But yeah, this was my old engagement ring. Let me see. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Let's see. I, wanna, wanna, I, I, I don't analyze. think it comes off. I only got to look, you know, this... Yeah, leave it alone. Yeah, do that a little bit more. Helps the, <laughs> helps the show ratings. <laughs> I'm trying to get more views here. Wait, hold John Orlando doesn't help. I, I need hold still. <laughs> yeah. She's very creative with her. Let's see. I think her it's arm like, is worth more. It's than probably the, dirty because you know I don't look, get to clean. I look, I look right through the dirt. It's a nice thing. It's so, good. No, it's nice. It's a nice look. It's real. Yeah. He he did a good job. And you know yeah. he, he got it from the Casey boys. What's Casey boys? Uh, the jewelers out of Kansas City, Casey boys. What about that the other was one? his connection? One more check. The other one. This is the other one. This one comes off actually. I want to want to get the now. This one back. came from a gemologist. This looks so like he, a, so he, he's a gemologist, so he picks the best. I mean, do you stones. know all the stones? Do you know all that um, stuff? You better know all that. I'm stuff. a gemologist. He's a gemologist too. Me too. I'm a gemologist too on the side. Yeah, uh, you're some other kind of. Let me see what else you got. Let me see what you got. <laughs> Let me let you're me some, take a look with my. You're some other ologist. Here. here we go. Yep, that looks doesn't look real, do you? They call this a cushion cut salon. Yeah, it's a good stone. It's just really beat up. It's also buffed. You mm -hmm. need to buff it out. I know we did. We tried to buff already the top part. Yeah. But they couldn't do any more because yeah. you know. You have, but to have, you have to have the facets repolished. I'm rough with it. Like a hit you have to have stuff. The facet, you know, all the facets. <coughs> yeah. You have to have them repolished. Okay, yeah, see, they did. I had the jewelers. Because you're ruling the jewelers? Yeah, I went to the jewelers. Oh, you don't like them? Mordecai? <laughs> I've known them forever. Mordecai? Mordecai, Mordecai yeah, he's great. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, so I've taken a lot of my stuff to him I you know, over sell the years. Them. I used to sell them stuff. Yeah? From yeah. Chicago. He's okay. fun. He's so a here's a question for you. You go to all these jewelry stores. Yeah. Back in the day, you yeah. go to play, everyone's 80% off, 60% off, right? Off of like, what? Off of what, right? So, like, how how does the regular person, they go into the mall. It's probably the worst place to go look for jewelry, right? This is the mall? If you want to pay through the nose, yeah, you go to the mall. Okay. So, like, what's the wisdom in regards to buying jewelry? Since you've been a jeweler for how many years? 45. 40. Take so a jeweler a, with you. Take a jeweler with you. No. The jeweler <laughs> won't even go with you, probably, right? No. They want you to buy from them. I mean, he's not going to want to go with you, right? Yeah. Like, so how do you know to protect yourself? Learn the business. 
It's impossible to learn jewelry. I mean, That's how, exactly how right. Take, how many years did it take you to learn that stuff? It took me about 15 years to really know what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. And classes and training and books uh, or just experience? No, I went to school, you know, GIA, Gemological so Institute of America. Got my, my degree with gemology. Okay. And, you know, colored stones. So, bombs, you shouldn't buy at the mall. And how do you, well, these days also, everyone's like changing the gold. They're just stamping it. You know, 14, 18, Well, you got to be careful. There's a lot of lot of counterfeit out there like everything else. You know, Rolexes and mm-hmm. PJs and Flasherons and Patek, you know, Patek Philippe's. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful. You know, yeah. it is difficult for me today. Sometimes what's coming out of China to del- tell the difference between a real Rolex and a fake. Yeah. Without well, taking right? it apart, without t- opening the back and checking the parts, they can't tell. Can't tell. Okay. So bottom line is, doesn't sound like you should be really shopping for jewelry. The mall is definitely out of place. Even if I go to someone like you, I mean, how do I have to be careful with you? Well, why do you have to be careful about a car dealer? Yeah, it's what, a problem. What my mom used to do. I'm afraid of car dealers. What my okay. mom. What so my mom. You, know, what you have to have confidence in the yeah. person that you're dealing. But with. the difference with the car is that you can go online, like Kelly Blue Book, look things up, but. When it comes to yeah, jewelry. What do, you know, what do you know what's underneath the, the, the hood? Yeah, well, if you're buying something new or used, yeah, no, it's a problem. How do you know it didn't come out of a flood? How do you know it didn't come out of a d- distress? And they probably, no, that but that would be in the, uh, what do they call it? The the car facts, right? That's not necessarily no? But that's not even no? perfect, right? That's not a, I mean, it's something, but it's not. Yeah. Um, it's not that, guaranteed. Not guaranteed. Yeah. So my mom used to go to a jewelry store. My mother was also a jeweler. I grew up oh. with, yeah, and she sold jewelry my whole life. Um, so she would deal with certain jewelers, and every time she would go to a jewelry store, she would have stuff done, and she goes, well, I want to go back there and watch it, and they would allow her to mm-hmm. because they don't... She's it's a like, cleaner or yeah. something, right? My, ju- yeah, my jewelry store in Chicago, I had a 4,000-square-foot location. It was huge. I had 13 people working for me. I had six jewelers sitting in the window. Mm doing the work. I manufactured all my own stuff. I had six jewelers sitting in the windows, so if a person came in with a diamond ring and they didn't want to let it out of sight, they would stand in the front of the window and watch the guy work on it. That's good. See? That's honest. There's no reason for a jeweler to switch a stone on you. Right. I mean, they do. But some and, might, yeah, right? Yeah. There's bad people everywhere. Everywhere. Yes. Okay, besides jewelry, what else, for words of wisdom, from your experience, you've been through three marriages, you've been through a loss of, of a loved one, family member, which was mm-hmm. hard. Jewelry for many, many years. Can be mm-hmm. really careful with that in general. What other, uh, what other tips that we can give to John T. as she lives her long-filled life? <laughs> give her some tips. We have eight minutes he left. He needs some tips. tips too, not need just tips? me. He needs tips as well. I get tips all the time. <laughs> do you? <laughs> oh, wait, wait, by the way, before we do the tips, everybody um, wants to put the tip in. Do we, everyone's trying to always give her tips. Um, okay, why don't we do this real quick? We have a song for um, Nikki's going to play a song for uh, for Jantine. Maybe she could sing the song. Let's see. You got the song. You gonna sing for me, Nikki? No, you're gonna sing. Oh, what? We make it a what louder? is it? I can't even hear it. This is your song, Love at the Five and Dime. Oh. Rita was 16 years, hazel eyes and chestnut hair. I don't think that's the song I was thinking of. I was thinking of a guy. This is like an old yeah. song. Yeah. This is Love at the Five and Dime. And Eddie was a sweet romancer. Darn good dancer. No, this is this is where it says Woolworths. This is like an old school song. An old school and they'd sing, so a little no. closer. Okay. No, it was kind of a newer guy in the 80s. Okay. Something five and done. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> now, David, you know how I got involved in this business, don't you? Which business? Here? Yeah. No. John mm-hmm. came to me one day, three almost three years ago. And said, Uncle Marvin, I need some money to open up a podcast studio. Okay. I didn't know the first thing about I, podcasting. What's podcasting? I'm an old guy. I'm old mm-hmm. school. So he talks me into it. I put up the money for the whole place. Okay. And God bless John. This place has made money from day one. 
Oh, that's great. So we have to open up a podcast studio. He's an incredible... No, I'll tell you... It's it's the person, not the... It's John. Yeah, I agree. It's John. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's a lot of people in business that just are not successful. And definitely John's, you know... This is my third venture with John. Mm -hmm. In in 1994, when Tony, his father, Tony Orlando, Mm -hmm. had a theater in (coughs) Branson, Missouri. Mm -hmm. It was called the uh, Tony Orlando Yellow Ribbon Music Theater. Okay, so John was the opening act as a comedian for his father. Oh, really? Yeah, he used to do 20 minutes every show. No wonder he's so funny. He's a funny guy. (laughs) So John comes to me then, and he says, Uncle Marvin, I want to open up a tanning salon. Mm -hmm. I said, John, what are you, nuts? A tanning salon in Branson, Missouri? During the summer, it's 100 degrees. The humidity is 120. Mm -hmm. The mosquitoes are as big as cats. You know, you got to be nuts. Why would people want to tan? He says, trust me, all these entertainers, they don't want to lay in the sun, blah, 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 blah. I said, okay. I said, no, I'm not doing it. I don't want to invest in the tanning salon. He says, you don't get it. Mm-hmm. Now, Tony's Theater. Across the street. Was right across the street. He told me the I told you this story. No, he told me. He told me. Oh, he told you Because I actually owned the tanning salon in New York City, too. Oh, did you? That's the one yeah. thing we have in common, John. So John says to me, Uncle Marvin, you don't understand. It's not going to be the tanning salon. It's going to be the name of the tanning salon that's going to sell it. Mm-hmm. I said, what's the name? He said, Orlando's Son. Oh. S-U-N instead yeah, of S-O-N. I didn't know the name, actually. Orlando's, Orlando's Son. Orlando's Son. Oh, okay, which is cute. very it's cute. Like play on words. Play on mm. words. Right across the street from the theater, I says, I'm in. Mm. <laughs> I like it. You know, it's funny. I never knew the name, but I'm going to make a shirt now that says, like, Orlando's son. Yeah. Like a tanning bed. Just wear it when you come <laughs> lunch. That's, what he says. That's the one thing that we have in common, actually. When we first met, we said tanning salon. I, go, I own the tanning salon. Uh, yeah, yeah. But to own a tanning salon, and you worked in a tanning salon? Or you... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Um, no, I wasn't sure if you did. Uh, uh, what do people do in tanning salons when they work there? Like, just set you up? Well, the, it's actually the worst. If you, well, you through, wipe you down to, the bed. You, you have to wipe oh, down the okay. bed. Well, it's not even wipe down the bed. Yeah, it's like no, the I've sweat, never, the disgusting the sweat. sweat. No, and I who knows what there. else was inside that bed that I you know, cleaned up as well. Yeah. But what do they do there? You can't really do nothing, right? Oh, oh. People do some weird stuff in these tanning beds. Uh, and how? You should know. Why would I know? <laughs> I've been in a tanning bed before. Jesus. No, I don't do anything in there. I can barely move. You sure? Yeah. You seem like very you, flexible. Like you stay like still because yeah, so the tanning bed is It really is disgusting you. in regards to the sweat and whatever the stuff they left in cleaning up their people's, you know. Oh, it's terrible. Stuff. Yeah. Really? But I did it as well. I had it for about three years and then we sold it. So when I met John, it was like, you know, he likes Coca-Cola. He had a tanning salon. Um, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. It would have been interesting to meet John if I was here. I'm here 21 years. 21 years ago, if he lived in Vegas, yeah. you have to meet him yeah. then. But yeah, we definitely have some uh, similar things. Yeah, so. uh, okay. All right, so listen. You're both perverted, too. Yes. So you're very similar he, with that. He likes John I, taught, I taught John everything oh, he Oh, I bet, I bet you did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, everything. I he can knows. see that. <laughs> he likes young women, so I like young women, too. <laughs> you're actually refraining yourself, right? Yeah, you're, you're behaving. I'm trying to yeah. behave in front of I, you. I, yes. You in front of me? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. He's trying to be on his yeah. best behavior. Oh. Yeah. Well, you don't have to be. As long okay. as my wife isn't here. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, get, I get that part. <laughs> That's what she's used to that stuff. That's oh, she is. She's been around the block a long time. Long time. Long time. She knows it all. All right, so bottom line is this. I'm always the other woman. The business. <laughs> you, but you could have been the women for three people, right? Oh, more than that. More. Yeah. She could have been ten times over. Yeah. Who, you know. who, what guy gave you that? Oh, this was one of my She just ex- collects engagement rings. That's all she wants to do. My, one of my ex-fiancés. Yeah. One. He was amazing. Have yeah. you ever want to sell it? I'm a buyer. Oh, no. I don't, I don't sell any of my jewelry. I pay cash. All the gifts <laughs> that I've gotten over the years yeah. from all... She's a collector. You know, yeah. I, I She's keep, an engagement ring collector. Yeah, I keep it all. I collect, I'm sentimental. I collect live, you collect jewelry. Exactly. Okay. But I don't know why you'd want to collect like an engagement ring because it's a little too deep sentimental. Well, no, no. See, I don't look at it like that. Okay, so my mother went through the war in Cambodia and mm-hmm. people were dying and, you know, so she had her jewelry that she was able to survive the war with and what she did was she broke all the stones and she sewed it into her garment right and she would use that to support families sure. and bribe you know officials sure. also yeah so so i had the same mind frame sure. so i'm keeping all of it because shit's gonna hit the fan here in america probably soon uh, hopefully not another, but another, for just, just yeah. for another year or so yeah exactly so i'll have some Once stuff trump comes back it'll be all right quick I'll question of you what the liquor store that you 
Well, your dad passed away, and what mm-hmm. what what road was it on? 176th Street and uh, Anthony Avenue. I gotta look at the difference. So their liquor store was e- uh, six East Gun Hill Road, the corner of. Jerome. Oh, he was way up north. Way up north. Oh, better neighborhood, much better neighborhood. Okay, so your area was much more dangerous. Mine, yeah, South Bronx. So you were south. This is what North Bronx or? That's North Bronx. Hmm, interesting. She New just York is so big. Yeah, Gun Hill Road was a good neighborhood. Hmm, interesting. I think they had it for almost like thirty years. Family, Italian, yeah, it was a good business. Yeah, good neighborhood. Um, okay, so we got through a lot of stuff with Marvin. Anything else you want to share as we wrap up? Um, you asked me a question about oh, yeah, early guidance. to bed, yes, early to rise, mm-hmm. work hard, and advertise. Advertise, <laughs> I like that. Why advertise? <laughs> well, you, how the else do you get the word out? Mm-hmm. You know, we try. That's, that's not my saying, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's uh, uh, what's his name uh, from the. Uh, the guy that owns the uh, networks, Turner. Oh, Ted Turner. Ted Turner. Ted Turner. Ted Turner. Mm-hmm. That's okay. his saying. Is, is it? Yeah. Say it again one time. Early to bed. Early to bed. Early to rise. Early to rise. Work hard. Work hard. And, and advertise. advertise. Oh, it rhymes. How cute. We, you know, one of the things I got for her when we first met, I told her I'm always big with vanity phone numbers, and we got her the toll free number one eight three three Jati. And I noticed the other day you you've been using it more. I've used it, yeah. I, but I've only gotten literally like one call. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, the, with these vanity phone numbers, though, it's, don't make fun of that. No, and he's breathing heavily on the other end. Oh, and it was me. That was me. <laughs> no, but one thing that's good about these numbers, it just helps brand the person. Yeah. They may not call that number. They may private message or yeah, text yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. But it helps brand them. But it's cool to have a number that is your yeah. name. Absolutely. And it's yeah. not even easy. Like for, she got the number right when I found it for like twenty bucks. Right. I mean, I've spent ten thousand dollars. I'm on still numbers. paying on. I'm still paying. Yeah, it. seven bucks a month. She's being yeah. cheap. She's a millionaire with paying well, $7 a month a number bunch. She's complaining about it. <laughs> Does this girl look like a millionaire to you or what? Absolutely. She's definitely smarter never. than she Have you ever looks. had any failures? Oh, sure, sure. I mean, I've tried a lot of different jobs and a lot of different things as well in my life. I mean, in yeah. your own business, have you had any failures? Not right now, no. No. In the best. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The best test. No, I don't think so. The best test is when you do have a failure. Mm-hmm. You learn from it, yes. and you don't make those mistakes. I've had a few failures. Oh, yes, 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 I have, yes. You yes. know, I Let learn me. from my mistakes, yeah, and I don't I do them again. I did, you know? yes. yes. And I've had so many different businesses, and yes. it's been... For me, it was going into business with certain people, and uh, obviously you, you're trying out things. Yeah, and, you that's know, a problem. You, yeah, you have faith that's in people. That's the lessons that I've learned, yeah. yes. Why go into business with somebody you could do it yourself? Exactly. I've learned but to you do know, it myself. But, you know, business in general is just not so easy, you know, I mean, you know no, you got to be payroll. Easy. You know, the guy that signs the front of a check has got a huge weight on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, him and her, her. Yeah, yeah. They have a huge weight on their shoulders. They got to yeah. make payroll. They got to make rent. They got to pay the electric. They got to pay the gas. They got to, before they even take a nickel for themselves. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's it's tough. It's not easy to be in business. Yep. I've business. had more failures in a relationship though. So I've learned a lot of lessons there. In business, I've been actually quite successful. Well, why don't you put your business practices to a relationship? Mm, I, I don't work because it's different. I don't. Not different. I can't You're operate. married to a business. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Hmm. I think maybe I tried that with the relationships that I had because that's all I know, right? But it didn't work out. I just think it's not the right time yet. And when, when the time is right, it happens. Yeah, it'll yeah. happen. Yeah, exactly. Just don't push it. No, I don't. Yeah, not at all. All the people around me push. This one's pushing. I was trying to set me up with the people, but I'm not pushing. You date a lot? No. You don't date a lot. So how do you meet people? I meet people every day, but I'm selective. So before I go on the date, I... Selective mutism. Yeah, I have to uh, feel something or attraction before I even go on the date. But I see people What attracts you? Different things. Yeah, there's not anything specific. Like what? Like, I don't know, maybe the way they look, the way they smell, what they said, um, how humorous they are, you know, any of that uh, factor. It's just spontaneous? Yeah, usually. I feel it. My loins are, you know, wet or not, you know, when I meet them, the first five minutes. Really? Yeah. How are you feeling right now with Marvin? (laughs) (laughs) Even though he's married, like, how do you feel? Like, do we have to, we have to, uh, we have to get a janitor. You know, those are... My, those, David, those Janitor, uh, studio. My, my, my studio loins are dripping, then you're in a good place. <laughs> I've never heard a woman say that. Like, if my, what did you say again? Loins my are loins dripping. Are you never dripping. heard that? When's the last time a woman told you that? 
Well done. Yesterday. Besides today. <laughs> Six hours this is the ago. reason why they do a lot of cleanup after the show is over against <laughs> like the problem solver. All right, so listen, Uncle Marvin, I'm really glad you got you, we got you on the show. Time is money here at Sticky Parts Studios, as you know. So every minute here costs me like an extra I give you overtime, no problem. You time, no problem. He's always calm. He's like, you know what? The next five minutes we're gonna comp. No charge. No, no charge. Minutes. Thank you. You're no so generous. Charge. But no I do charge. like the, the, my emotion to be creative with advertising, as we say, advertise. I think we need to have a billboard for Sticky Parts that says, "Why go to therapy." Start a podcast, Sticky Paws Studio. It doesn't rhyme. No? You need to find something else to yeah. say. It's funny. But that's close. There's definitely yeah. no billboard in town that says that. Yeah. We something like that. Yeah. I don't I'm not spending four thousand a month to put up a few well, words. You could do digital like digital social media billboards that don't really exist. It doesn't work. He's like he doesn't even need it. I'll make you one. Yeah. Does it doesn't it work. Say, it could just say it could say billboards women go to therapy, men start podcasts, and then sticky paws. Billboards do not Work. It helps with branding. No, it's just vanity. You got Disagree? six seconds to look at that billboard while so you're driving works? by. Relationships, besides relationships, word of mouth. Mm-hmm. That's what John T's doing. The mouth. <laughs> that's, <laughs> how she gets, that's how she gets a lot of business. <laughs> I do. My mouth. In and out. Repeat the messages. Yeah. I love the billboards though, because then I look at to see who I would date. <laughs> Most of the billboards get, in town when she drives in the two fifteen. These are all ex-boyfriends that's given her rings. Whatever. That's how she feels. So she's like, I got a ring from that guy. That, that guy, guy gave me a ring. That guy. That guy. Right? That guy gave me STD. Be honest. Tell him right now. How many rings have you gotten that from Billboard Men? That guy gave me STD. That guy gave me. I'm just kidding. From Billboard Men. How many rings have you got? No, none. Come on. How, how long you been here? 20 years. Where are you from? Uh, Texas, originally. What part? Houston. Houston. Oh, What's the last four of your social security number? The what? What's the last four of your social security number? I don't know. All my all my <laughs> exes live in Texas. Really? All my exes live in Texas too. That's yeah. right. All right, John T. Did you learn anything today? You want I, to? I, you I, know how? I learn a lot every day. Thank you, Uncle no Marvin. You One know last... what happens when you when you play a country western song backwards? <laughs> no. You get your dog back. You get the house <laughs> back. You get the wife back. <laughs> Everything comes back. Yeah, perfect. I love country western. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, country western and rap just merged. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know what they're calling it? (laughs) No. Crap. (laughs) (laughs) No, there was a hit song that was rap and country. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, that was like a couple years ago. You didn't see that one? That was good. good. (laughs) Everything's merging. Everything's merging. Yeah, awesome. So listen. Yes, listen. Before we leave, I want to see how quick our young uh, engineer here, Nikki, is. Okay. Nikki, can you, I wanted to like have a song for you. We'll pick a random song okay. that would be good to end the whole problem solver this mm-hmm. week. As she looks up something real quickly here. Um, uh, so honey. Uh, that was last week's song. So honey. But I want to say is this. On the problem solver show, <laughs> on a weekly basis, much <laughs> as me and Jesse have fun, the goal is like solve problems and to help people, right? So the wisdom of your experience, so you've been around the block for a long period of time and basically sharing some different things in regards to like, even like waking up. A lot of people have that, right? They, they say it's the 4 a.m. club that people wake up. They go to the gym, so I'm exhausted. I couldn't imagine. We increased our revenue 60%. Um, I think our team had something. Is that you finding a song here? <laughs> so anyway, so any the wisdom that you're sharing on the stories, you know, I think that if people listen to it, they can gain strength from it. My concept of the problem solver is that when people have problems, they call me, and actually, I get calls and text messages all the time, and they want to meet all different things, and I really enjoy helping people, but I do feel when I have different people in the show like yourself, by having you know, learning their story or their experience of what's happened to them. So, so, I mean, listen to your story. You could just be fortunate to know that you have your father or mother, basically, with you for 50, 60, 70 years. Some people are not blessed. Things just happen, you know, mm-hmm. for unusual reasons. Um, and we all have different stories in general. So, I mean, definitely appreciate you coming on the show and sharing some I appreciate you having me. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me Thank on. Thank you. We fun. wanted to have him on for a long yeah. time, actually. Yeah. We kept oh, yeah? saying to come on the show. Aww. And technically, you only did one show with John, John. right? Never, that was, did, never did a show. Never did it once? You're the first one. Really? Oh, yay. I broke your cherry. Yeah, yeah. you broke my cherry. I popped his cherry. Popped his cherry, broke. He broke. Sorry. I'm glad you told You're me. not that big, I don't think. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nikki, any luck? I don't know, but let's I see. Think we, let's play a, <laughs> let, This is a special song for Janti. Let's see. Oh, let's see. Let's hear see what it. we got.
Keto diet. They, I can't eat rice. You don't have to eat rice. There's other stuff there. Like what? There's like meat. You oh, know, meat's and, good. And children. Oh, meat's good. I'm just kidding. Children? <laughs> I'm just kidding. They have dog? <laughs> Dogs and cat. Dogs and cat? They're all nutrition. Yeah, yeah. Nutritious. No, we don't eat dog and cat there. But during the war, they did. They, of course they did. Yeah. They ate, we also ate horse during the war. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. No, Cambodia is amazing. And I actually still have family in the government there. Um, really? So if you guys come, you'll be treated Communists like... Communists or Democrats? Well, you know, they're they're not communists anymore, no. No? No. If we go, how, how would we... You'd be treated amazingly. Really? Yeah, yeah. Should we go? If you want to come, come. I try to go once a year. I haven't been, you know, last We're, we're in Cambodia. Well, um, I'm, I'm from Phnom Penh, which is the capital. Phnom Penh. Yeah. That's where I'm from. Yeah, oh, is it? Yeah, no wonder. You I have look, a house there. You look familiar. Yeah. I have a second home there. Oh, okay, yeah, I bet you do. Don't ping off of uh, Dalassi Street. Off of Yin Yang Street. <laughs> and picking. Yin Yang and picking. <laughs> you know Yin Yang and picking? Yeah. Uh-huh. So we should go. We should do yeah. the trip. Yeah, y'all should. Seriously, if you want to come with me. Is it, it's amazing. Is it, how's the water? The water? Yeah. Like, like the for swim? drinking? Yeah, drinking. <coughs> I think we drink bottled water, though. Yeah. yeah. So So you can't drink tap water? I, no. no. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend that at all. But... The exotic fruits, oh yeah. my God, it's amazing. And then the temple, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. We need to, we need to people are so amazing there. They're really, I mean, it, you know, the war put us back a hundred years. Sure. So we had to come back out of it. And so now we're, you know, Cambodia advanced the last, I want to say 10 years. Got Before it. that, though, they were back in the Stone Age. You know, I've been all over the world. I've just never been to the Orient. Oh my goodness. Hmm. Well, you all don't like Asian the girls then, apparently. I, I like Asian girls. <laughs> but that's not your preference. If it was a preference, you'd already been to Asia. All girls are oh, married to Asian girls. No, some guys are into Asian women. Yeah, yeah. yeah those are the no, ones. You know, uh, are you that kidding love me? me? I, would, are you, I, had no, I wasn't yeah. discriminated. Oh, me. right. Yeah, but you've been married one after another, so yeah. You of, can't. Of white girls. What's your point? The <laughs> <laughs> point is, you couldn't try any Asian girls. Uh, well, how do you have you, ever dated, well, I don't have know. you ever dated an Asian girl? Yeah. While you're married? She was from Vietnam. Oh, oh no, those are bad. Yeah, she yeah. was Vietnamese. Oh. I, I threw her out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really, really mean. Cambodians are better. Yeah, Cambodians anyway, are better. Uncle Marvin, yes. we're going to go to Cambodia with Jean-Tee. She's going to yes. take us, okay? Yes. I wouldn't mind. Okay, okay we're awesome. going to set up a trip. Thank we're going to set, set up a Sticky Pores Studio tour trip to Cambodia. I have to learn how Amazing. to speak the language. No, you we'll don't. Go, we'll just go with her. Mm. You don't have All to right, know. so sounds good. So anyway... Uncle Marvin, thanks so much thank for joining you, us today. Thank you. Thank thanks you so for much your wisdom. For thank you. Um, again, really, you know, it's a sad situation with with your dad. I feel bad now that I know the story. Oh, you know, just I mean, I know it's so, been so many, many years, years ago. But, yeah. I mean, I always feel sad when there's a victim of a crime. I learned from that childhood on mm-hmm. how to behave in life. No, it's a, it's a quick you know, story. How to get a whole? Get how do I get? A, I had a street education all my life, mm-hmm. living in New York and everything else. You know, just. You know, you you, it's you, tough. you you know the game. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I hear you. You, you know the game. He's had it easy. And we need Trust to do it. My dad as well. My dad. We need to go out for the uh, dinner. Yeah. And I feel bad. We talked about it a while. We definitely need to do that in the next yeah, week or two. Yeah, for sure. Because I wanted to meet you. And like I said, as we get older, I think that, um, you know, my mom and dad, they don't really know people. Maybe we should do a, even a double date to go out a little bit. There you go. Just to get out. You know, they're always yeah. trying to, they're like in true New Yorkers. They always want to make friends with people. And I'm always like, always. who needs to make friends with other people? Are you together? But it's hard. You know what I'm saying? You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. As you're older, a little bit harder as well. But Jean-T, as usual, thank, thank you. you for being my beautiful Cambodian thank co-host. You. Yes. Thank you for your knowledge, experience, your cat noises, your meows. Meow. Thank you so much. 
<laughs> oh, we still didn't make the noise thing of you. Uh, yeah. We were supposed to do that. They, they slacked you. I already did She it. makes a lot of noises. I want to get a button thing where I just press it, the random noise. Oh, that's a good idea. But it's all her noises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. We yeah. did it one time. All my moans and groans. So we could just press it like it did time. Yeah. Uh, well, I recorded you last night. Oh, did you? All the moans and groans. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> Give it to him. Then. He's selling He's selling But anyway, thanks so much, Uncle Marvin. Thanks, Shanti, for being co-host as well. As usual, the problem solving today, which is actually fun, talking, get to know Uncle Marvin. Uh, learning about his experience in life and uh, teaching us some words of wisdom. I'm as usual. I'm Dave Colmeyer, retired police officer, 17 years. Grew up in New York City. Have a lot of uh, resources that are available for people in Las Vegas, all over the U.S. Whatever I can do to help people. Again, I'm the problem solver. Go to theproblemsolver.vegas or 702-999-1111. 702-999-1111. Thank you so much. Be safe. Be careful. See you next week.